What's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Gredler, and you are now listening to Cocktails and Questions, the podcast where each episode we enjoy some cocktails while taking a look at the world of technology and business and answering two questions. This episode, we think about the future of the smart home and what it might take to actually get there, as well as what companies do we think are poised to pop in the coming near future across any industry. Help me think about these things are my friends Ben Gaddis and James Lanyon. In fueling our conversation, our lively debate on this Thursday afternoon from Central Texas and Austin, is our friends over at Deep Eddy. Our hometown heroes have a delicious handcrafted 10 times distilled vodka that you can find out more information about at deepeddyvodka.com. So let's get going. Tune in and drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. Welcome back. Episode five, Cocktails and Questions. Five. Five. I thought it was six. I'm disappointed. Actually, it's V. We lost. We lost. <laughs> yes. X divided by two. Um, <laughs> no, uh, X if, divided by II. If we have one more, that's half of a dozen. That is, is exciting, which yeah. is about half a dozen more than I thought we were going to yeah. do. We started this thing, and this thing is Cocktails and Questions. The premise is we enjoy some cocktails. We answer two questions that you know we talk about in the hallways or, or late night and things like that. Um, pretty simple a uh, couple rules uh try no buzzwords and if they are you get to get uh an object thrown at you here in the room oh, off of uh north lamar in austin texas um and a time buzzer right so we have a tendency to as most people do drink some of the feedback that we got is uh you ramble when you drink uh so why don't you go ahead and try a time box out. go so we're gonna, figure we're gonna introduce the concept of uh 15 minutes today looking at two questions uh coming off of some big announcements this morning that james and ben will walk us through um the smart home in the future of. And um, speaking of exciting companies that announce these things, what other exciting companies exist in the universe that we're big on that are going to pop and fundamentally change either our work or the market or something like that? Uh, referenced uh, Ben and James, Ben Gaddis. Yo. James Lanyon. You want to you take this or you want me to kick it off? Let's do it. All right. Go for it, man. So for anyone who's ever walked through a Home Depot and looked at one of the kiosks and said, wow, that's really amazing you know, smart home, I think, has a lot of opportunity, but in reality, it hasn't been for the mainstream. However, kind of tracking the category, we have seen a recent surge in activity, and there was a few announcements recently that we thought were notable. Um, Nest is expanding its product lines, so obviously, it's doubling down on the success it's had thus far. Um, Amazon is getting into the game. Um, actually, one might argue that they're already in the game with the Alexa, but um, in terms of home fixtures, they're getting in with a smart security camera and Drum roll, please. Smart glasses. So uh, Google couldn't do it. Uh, Snapchat, I guess, is kind of doing it. Now Amazon's getting into it. And um, on top of what I thought was actually more of a telling sign, Best Buy is doubling down on smart home as a core growth pillar for their 2020 plans. So obviously they're taking it seriously, and I think it's time that we should take it seriously and talk about it. So if you, if you, if you break down the, the Nest announcement, uh, if you guys remember, they bought Dropcam. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun a few years back um, when Dropcam was like, why'd you buy us? We should have bought you guys. You guys are amazing. Right. Um, so that, that's interesting. So do we know how much of all those lines came out of the Drop crew or the Drop catalog? Or is this all sort of net new? I don't think they announced it, but Tony Fidel's gone. So you got to imagine that those guys have a lot of... Um, pull because also you see they've released the outdoor cam they just updated that this morning with the new iq so it's got some better functionality um and and then they've got the 
um, the what is it called the Nest Award, Nest Secure. Um, so I think they've got some more more pull. It's, I like I like, I've got Nest, so I'm on the platform. I like the fact that they're able to connect a lot of the systems, and the more they add, the better it com- it it becomes. But I think that's the fundamental problem that we face right now in smart home is that. There's just so much crap that you have to try to connect, and that's what has prevented it from doing well. But now that there's more to add to your home, it's still not standardized. I've got Nest. I've got Smart Things. I've got a Ring doorbell. I've got a different lock. And each of them do things that I want, but they don't really work together. And then Apple's trying to do HomeKit, and you know, some of it works with my Alexa and some of it doesn't. And I think the question for me is, when is this all going to get sorted out? Right. And is it? I mean, it will, and we, we've talked about this in the past. Actually, a few episodes ago, we talked about the Tasty One plate, in which I said I can, I can 100% see this thing being built from the ground up because inside of kitchens of the future of homes, especially as millennials come into their earning power and the next gen and the next gen, and a lot of the issues that I find with my smart home appliances is that I'm retrofitting everything. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not made for that. And especially in an older city where you're retrofitting homes from that were built in the 30s and stuff like that, you've got these fragmented parts wiring that don't doesn't actually happen. So you're t- you're having to cobble together a system. I think the point at which this stuff will start to take over is when it's built like that. I, I don't know this to be a fact because I don't fact check. We we know that to be true. Um, <laughs> I'm. I, I can almost guarantee there's luxury home builders that you walk in and your home is a smart home and it's built like that from the ground up. Everything from oh, for water sure. conservation, sure, water absolutely. fully wired. And that, when that velocity takes off, that's when you're going to see it. But you know what the problem is? They've been doing that for 10 years and it's garbage. It's all Crestron. Yep. It's all the shit that we have in the office that doesn't work well, in that's, the conference that's rooms. The mar- and yeah. it, is, yeah. it is the old school stuff. And so I guess my question is, do we... Do we see that in five years, Nest is going to look so old? It's not as hardwired in, and it is retrofitted, so you can pull it out. But I think that there's got to be a fundamental change in the way that we think about home. Because to your point, we're just automating old stuff yeah. and trying to make do, it do work. Do you remember that the presentation I gave different? before I showed you all the automated stuff that already exists in the automated home, which was like the clapper yeah. and then the remote control and garage door opener? I mean, like, exactly. And like, there are parts of the home that are quote unquote automated already. And, and in reality, they're pretty low-fi solutions. So, you know, when I look at smart home, there's two fundamental problems. And I, and I really do think that the potential of the smart home is carrying the category, right? The category is not really maturing anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, uh, I mean, there's just like, it's the home, right? Everybody has to have one, whether you rent it or you buy it, whatever, everybody's got to have one. So it's a, it's a great market. Two, two, two things, one of which you, you've already mentioned, which is interoperability, right? And that's why I've been so pissed at Apple or Google. And I think I've been really encouraged by um, Alexa is that someone's trying to standardize a platform you can build on and you can plug into. So it's easier for the everyman to go and say, hey, you, can do this. you remember, um, what's his name, Ty, the developer we had here for a long mm-hmm. time? And he's the sort of guy that will come in and like, he's like, no, 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 I actually reviewed, you know, three different specifications. And well, he's like one in maybe 400 people. Mm-hmm. And so for this to actually take off, it has to be easy to use more so uh, than, than it is like, I should say, actually, it needs to provide a net benefit. It's a net drag right now. Two, smart's not a benefit. Right, a smart quote unquote smart home doesn't really provide the average person. It doesn't do anything specifically. Uh, it doesn't show in your classic sort of um, 
lean model canvas, you know, your gains, your pains, and mm-hmm. your jobs to do. It doesn't have a value prop, so it, we need to get there. It, you said that the potential of the smart home, and what I heard was the promise of the smart home, mm-hmm. right? And we've been talking about this shit. Epcot still got their lame thing going on. You look back at the Jetsons, people have been thinking about this. So can you quickly cast a vision of what a smart home is? I think a smart home is a rethought home. So it's a smaller home that adapts to the environment at the time when the user is in that specific room. So imagine, I think physically, I think um, environmentally, so lighting, temperature, uh, but more functionally. So you've seen there's been a lot of prototypes about people who can live in a 300 square foot apartment that uh, shapes, that kind of shape shifts mm-hmm. based on what you're doing. I, I think that's, that. that to me, that's what the real smart home is. So I can get a camera, I can change the thermostat from my phone. Those are great things. You know, that's great. I can see who's at my door without getting that. Like those are, I guess, additional benefits to my home, but they don't make my home that much smarter or really change my home. But if I could say, instead of a 3,000 square foot house. Now I can buy a 1,500 square foot house or even better, a 750 square foot house. I pay less for it. I pay more for what powers it. And it allows me to do much, much more than a 3,000 square foot house would be. That to me is a smart home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, uh, I, I, of course, I have an opinion on this. Um, the three criteria for why, an act, a truly smart home things. that's beneficial <laughs> is um, three things. One, um, it's it's ultimately personalized, right? So this is actually something Bill Gates did years ago. Yeah. Granted, he's Picture worth like $70 billion, right? So you movie. can pull almost anything off. But um, their old school solution was these RFID tags. And granted, this is like in the late 90s when this is some cutting edge shit. But uh, the, each room would read you and like, oh, Bill, well, you like the air conditioning at 71. Yeah. And so when you were four or five rooms down, you would start turning down the, the, the corridor, you know, that's personalization where the smoke, the home actually adjusts to you and you don't have to Bill Gates's home has corridors and uh-huh. you have, to have the ability <laughs> exactly. to be four or five Just imagine the, uh, the, uh, the, so, um, self-diagnosing was the second part where yep. it can run diagnostics and say, Hey, guess what? Before your dishwasher breaks or before this, cause like when, wait for it, I'm going to talk about the add on to my house again. But one of the things <laughs> that's the single uh, biggest moment, yeah, it's, uh, like, it's like being it's vegan still to doing this day, to this day, it's still affecting my life. Like, but, um, no, um, I found out that we needed to replace the water heater and it was only just a stroke of luck that the guy looked at he's like that's rotting out so and and self-improving right like it can make recommendations to you like hey Mm -hmm. i hear you bitching about this a lot right you you should think about doing this are you always complaining about how the water's too cold in the shower if you thought of like if you could do those three things that's an intelligent beneficial environment if you need your house to listen to you bitch about that the water's too cold, you're just a lazy son of a bitch. It's, 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 not, that, it's not that it <laughs> needs to. Like, it needs to just pick up the right so moments. You, you touched on something that uh, at the, the top of this that I was thinking about, and uh, not to go back to Apple, but I did uh, get iOS 11. Like they announced that they released it. I went from you know the beta into the actual yeah. things, the shit. Like I really like it, man. Um, but I saw I saw that as the portal to a truly smart home because one of the things about being a, a smart home as it exists right now it is stationary. We are talking about physical units that do not move, that do not follow you around. And I hadn't made the jump back in time to uh, the RFID tags, but I think that the the way forward to smart home is with your phone, 
right? The integration there. I mean, Absolutely. all the way from like tools from the AR kit is, is what spawned this this line of thinking. Um, but we've done some stuff around uh, machine listening, right? So can you diagnose just through the auditory? And then as they develop sensors like that, it gets into your self-diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you're looking at, you know, it doesn't wouldn't take too long to look at your dryer valves and see that a washer's worn off or something like that. And that that's the self-diagnosis, right? So you have a static sensor, whether it be like a flood or like an always-on microphone to listen mm-hmm. to large machinery. And then you have some form of camera that can di- help you diagnose the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's in the way of, you know, these refrigerator with uh, iPads jammed in them. Like, that's kind of cool. You know, that's you say that, but like I was actually playing with one of those. And if it weren't $4,500, I would yeah. think about getting it. But the cool thing, the thoughtful part of that Samsung fridge and I thought was really user centric was the fact that it has a camera inside of it. And when, what's the what's the worst thing that can happen when you're at the supermarket? Yeah, you, you either forgot your list or you yeah. have a suspicion. So you got to call your spouse and say, "Hey," or your significant other, whatever. And do we have this? Or you have to text them. My wife, when she goes to the grocery store, can you store, view your camera remotely where you yeah. don't have? To yeah, talk absolutely. To them? You just like you can see the inside of your fridge. That's pretty useful. That's fantastic. Next thing you know, you need a smart pantry, which we've worked on but as I, well. But I think you touched on it with the smart. My, I agree with what you're saying, but my comment was coming from your original one, which is like smart doesn't mean anything. But, so we're talking about smart glasses. So glasses are supposed to make you look smart. So what does smart glasses make you look like? An asshole. Yeah, right. kind of a dipshit. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. And that's not that's, me. That's everyone. I read else. that on Wikipedia. That's, that's an actual that, definition. That's a verified fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that's not up for debate. Ur- yeah. Urban Dictionary. Smart yeah. glasses. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole generation of people that tried to pull it off that, in hindsight, are hoping that no pictures were taken. <laughs> it's just it. But your your definition of smart is what we have to figure out yep. because uh, to James's point of there's different levels of smart. I think there's convenience. Mm-hmm. So. It sounds like you're really lazy, but being able to just go and your lights turn off, I mean, that was a pretty good invention. Now I've got to pull out my phone and I have to do that, or I can talk to Alexa. But if you're in bed, you don't have to get out of the house. And in my house, I can say, turn the whole house off and all the lights go up. That's a pretty cool deal, but that's not life-changing. I do think when you get more out of your home, you actually get more out of the space or you have to do less to manage the space that you have. And that's where the mm-hmm. being able to listen to machines, being more proactive, being able to tie into the sensors makes it to where if I win back more time, yep, that's a smart home because I get to actually enjoy it versus spending time managing it. And the best smart home in my mind is the one that requires the most minimal effort to get the most maximum value out of it. And that would be, if I was working on a startup, that would be the problem that I would try to solve. How do you get the most out of it with, with while putting the least into it? So the, well said, and I sketched like a little like pendulum of smart, right? As it applies to the home and maybe to anything else. And I think understanding, and this is what I came up with right around, uh, cool, Progression from coolness factor is a convenient factor. Progression from that is an intelligence. Prode- proje- mm-hmm. uh, progression from that would be predictive. In your in understanding where it slots in yes. and your ability to achieve that spectrum is is like the true future of the smart home. Um, and what is it? What does it actually look like? Um, I don't know, but I, I I know that the word smart should probably be exploded at some point just due to this last two it's minutes just of conversation. Lacking another word, yeah. right? Like right. If you think it about it, like it's gonna give way to something else. It has no teeth, right? It does, that, that's it, what like it, it said so like, often. look at this smart round thing, roll down hill, right? You that want to talk about smart. a whole other conversation <laughs> for a whole nother podcast, but we talked about privacy last time. Yep. This is gonna usher in a whole nother 
level of privacy. I don't know if anybody watches Mr. Robot, but in season oh, yeah. two, oh, my God. when they broke into the CFOs or mm-hmm. the chief legal officer's house and they made all of her, they turned up her heater, they turned up the heat on her water and burned her. Mm-hmm. They like piped in through the speakers, flickered the lights. I mean, how creepy. That was so creepy. It's and so imagine creepy. if everything in your home is connected and somebody gets into it. Now, if somebody gets in and turns up my thermostat, that's okay. Like, it's not the worst thing. But if there's cameras in every room, if I've got an alarm, if it can tie into and explode all of my dishwashers and my my machinery, the yep. mechanics of my home, that becomes a so slightly different deal. It's the same fear that we've actually seen uh, come into place, like, with the automobile industry. Um, a lot of people have done that. Um, you know the, the the thought projects and actually some there's some conspiracies out there that are pretty scary. That's essentially some what you're really about. horrifying. Well, even the um, nanny cam, uh, the the Russian hack site that had like the five thousand nanny cams running at any one time. That's freaking horrifying. Yeah, that's a, I mean that's a, that's a very real thing. Um, so we're up fifteen minutes. That's the first first time. This I is making put, me right. drink faster than time I normally do. I guess it's probably a net positive. Drink faster, think slower. That's yes. not an equation that I like. Smart decisions. All right, so uh, we're going to catch a quick refresh on the cocktail and move on to companies that we think are big or going to be. Prepared to break out, correct? In 2018. All right, cool. Fresh cocktails, fresh question. Um, When we look out today, within the next year, which is already 2018, which is really creepy because every movie I watched... Where did this year go? Every movie I watched growing up took place in like 2020 or 2025 it's very strange uh, but we're here so we look at companies today what companies do we think are poised to explode blow up do great things do big things i'll go first i'm gonna go with companies that you probably would not think of as tech companies i think that in the next six months we're going to see clothing companies six to 12 months um, that are mainly online retailers who are doing things a little bit differently blow up uh, my first Prediction is Everlane. So the shirt, Everlane, I've got 15 of them. That's a uh, fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. For those of you that are just listening and not watching on the YouTubes, it's the crisp white shirt that every go. proud Southern 50 gentleman bucks. owns. 50 bucks for a responsibly sourced, uh, totally transparent supply chain. Uh, I mean, you can and see they tell the, the story about it. You, you laugh you, you at that. Do you see the supply chain like a Domino's do. pizza? No, you see it on, they see, and they tell you how much every portion of the supply chain uh cost them super important and then they tell you their markup and they tell you how different it is because they don't have retail stores and so uh they deliver really great clothing at a lower cost they do a pretty good job of remarketing to you all that stuff why i think they're important is because i believe amazon is going to do the same thing they did with whole foods and take a platform company like that who's got a great brand and then just absolutely explode them so i look at everlane i look at ministry of supply which you love you know they're doing something do you have any of their clothes yeah i do i i I have one shirt and actually i didn't like it as much as i wanted to they've got they're the ones who had the guy who ran a marathon in their suit but that's what i was expecting when i got it was like it's a little bit more durable right But but at the end of the day it wasn't wrinkled like it was it was it looked perfect yeah it's it's pretty cool stuff and so i'm gonna i'm gonna try a a little bit more i think the the promise of the technology Mm -hmm. was better to me than the clothing what's their selling can you pop that up they're selling they're selling their value proposition is that it is active work wear so it this same 
outfit, like yeah. a crisp white shirt yeah. and a blazer and uh, and jeans. But you could actually go run a marathon in it. So it's vented. Uh, it's 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 non wrinkle. This look um, on my face it's, is like what the fuck. Are you talking no, it's about? great. It's I don't, stuff. Stuff. man. I I, I, I have a thing out. about um, there are there are times in my life where you see people in workout clothes and you're like, that not only shirt. did you not just work out and you are not going to work yeah. out in it, you're just doing it. And no, that's but very, this you wouldn't know it's workout clothes. Think know. about it's how hamstrung clothes for the office, but with more durability. Think design. about how much Brandon has limited himself because he could not go run a marathon right now. <laughs> exactly. You look like an asshole. Like you could not. If I'll take if these I boots off right now. No, see that's the problem. You have to have. In what you're wearing, because that will happen at some point where somebody says the only way you're going to be successful is if you can just run 26 so miles right when, now. So when I was young, think I used, about it. It's I, a good value. When I was younger, I used to help uh, people of our age now uh, buy clothes. I was telling the story the other day. I used to work at a really high end store, and these guys would come in, they'd put on shirts, and then they would pretend to swing a golf club. I'd be like, mm-hmm. "You gonna fucking golf in that shirt?" <laughs> <laughs> guys like well, no i'm like well what the hell are you just doing in case like like if you I may have, need to if at I some have point to, and i agree with you about the always on and readiness but if i'm living my life where i just might be wearing a suit and have to make a mad dash for it i should readdress the choices that got me there because in my mind this thing which i'll take a look at it at some point because i trust you guys are in the same ballpark as jeggings. Do you know what these are? Oh, I know what they are. But this we're, is getting, like we're getting off topic here because right. Ministry of Supply, I'm not saying that I love the stuff. I think it's actually pretty good. I don't but like their I think polo they, shirts, but I like their yeah. button downs a lot. I think they and Lululemon are also targets for Amazon, right? People who have built a brand, they stand for something. And I think it's more about what they stand for than the actual clothes. Lululemon's and, uh And they're just so undervalued at scale. So they could pick them up for nothing, go through, make a simple acquisition, turn it into a platform, and I think they would make billions. What, so, I, what I love about Lululemon is the way that they've they've nailed, and we talk about this a lot, is, is designing how you slot into the ecosystem of your customer's life. And they have smart mirrors where you can map runs and book yoga classes. And oh, by the way, if you happen to buy something, that's cool. But that's not why they exist, at least on the surface. I, I think they nailed it. Uh, and everybody needs a hundred twenty five dollar yoga pants. The fact that people oh, yeah. can mispronounce it so easily because it's 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 Lululemon. People are like, "You mean Lululemon?" <laughs> you're like, "It's like my mom. She used to like yeah. like." I'm like, "Is that a genetic thing?" Like, so what are your thoughts? So you got you've got clothing, and I and I'll double down that when when I when I went. You want go me to go right now? So go ahead. I actually thought about the same thing. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't think about Everlane because I don't have them in my closet like you do. But I do have a company called Buck Mason which yeah. I absolutely love, Buck Mason, wearing the shirt right now. Um, wore the shirt yesterday, the day before that. I'll probably wear one tonight and tomorrow. Love them, but I, I don't see them as taking Amazon's money because of the ethics. But what, what I got into is this whole rise of custom clothiers, and you're, you look at the optics and the iPhone and the Kinect and the, the, everything that's being jammed into Alexa. So I, I love uh, where you're going with that with the, with, with the clothing. Super smart. My turn? Yeah. So um, when, when we first started talking about this topic, I was – the question was, what companies do we think are going to break out and why? Yep. And the first one was 23andMe. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, mm. actually, I'm less about category. And I'm actually much more about sensitivity to needs, right? Like who's solving a problem really, really well. Mm-hmm. So two jumped out at me. And on paper, they don't have any relationship. But I think they're both doing a great job of addressing pain points. The first of which is Ernest, um, which is, quote unquote, the bank for the next generation. Mm-hmm. The reason I like them is uh, 
their approach to flexible refinance. So uh, one of the biggest issues right now for young adults is heavy student loan burdens. So much so it's been referred to as the potential uh, next ticking financial time bomb. Anytime 100%. the pain point can be traced back to uh, the end of civilization, that's an actual pain point, that right? Is. Like that's a thing that you should be concerned about and actually will probably accelerate your growth, right? So I think about that and you can go on and I, I, I can't profess to know how they do this, um, but they give you terms based on if this is your salary or this is how many months you want to repay it and they go and it, of course, it's a give and take. You know, you may actually end up paying a few more points um, based on a, a varied structure. But it's great because it breaks that idea of the standard fixed loan, and it gives people an opportunity to conform or customize the financial solution to them, which I think everybody's wanted for the longest time in financial services, and nobody's ever offered, even in mortgages. Like, you got a 15, you got a 30, you got a jumbo, like most financial services products 75 are like that. if you're in California. Do you think, not to get off topic, nope, do please. you think that that actually addresses the problem of student loans? Or is nope. that just another way for people to refinance and still live in debt? Does that solve a problem? Or does it just make it easier to get so into So banking's not going to solve the actual student loan problem. The student loan problem is a mini tentacled hydra that gets down to what universities are doing, you know, like, like, like there's all sorts of fundamental systemic issues that are causing that's it. another podcast. A dr- exa- that's a whole podcast. In fact, uh, that's, I think it was CNN did that documentary ivory tower. That's really good yeah. on that. But, um, I don't know if it's fixing it, but I think it's helping. Right. And I think it's helping something that's so sensitive. It's like a boil that needs to be lanced. Yeah. Right. So that's a pain point. <laughs> right. Like that's, in my mouth. And you think about like some of these companies we run across and they're like, well, uh, you know, we realized that left-handed garage mechanics didn't have a voice in the marketplace and we wanted to give them you're like that's not a big problem this is a problem taking down the next generation no i'm with you i just wonder if there is a a bigger role for them to play than just making it easier to refinance that's not all they do yeah i know i think that's most representative uh, that's a big market which i don't know it comes down to personal responsibility and Mm -hmm. decisions and economic stature as you're being brought up there's all these factors into it but um, have you seen anybody who's focused on paying down the debt portion of that, like making you making it easier? Uh, so I I believe that's just direct negotiation with the government yeah. at this point, because <laughs> to whoever the note holder good is. Good luck. Yeah. But um, the other one that I thought was really good that I actually um, I, I'm sort of heartened for a different reason is Carvana. Yeah. Um, because everybody hates buying a car. Everybody basically hates car salesmen. Um, CarMax has been able to parlay that, I think, into a legitimate business model. Their commercials kind of suck, but whatever. Um, Do but, we know that it's legitimate? I, I agree with yeah, where you're going. No, they're, just... they're popping up left and right. Like yeah. Carvana's, I've seen uh, quite a few, actually. And I... But do we know that they're financially sound and they're just not but burning But you never cash? know that. Like, I, I mean, I don't know that Chase Bank is financially sound. I mean, like, in, in truth. So, don't uh, let Jamie Dimon hear you say that. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's the CEO of the Business Roundtable. But I um, I look at Carvana. They're, they're gaining momentum in, in a field that, and I actually credit a lot of this to Elon Musk actually being the first one to say, I'm, I'm not going to sell to a, a, a dealership. I'm just not going yep. to. And someone needed to say it. The dealership model is a legal enforcement. It's not a necessity. Correct. And as a result, it was ripe for disruption. I think this is a nice middle ground, but I, I really like their policies. I like the fact that they have a seven-day return period. I like the fact that they're um, over-investing in terms of like your ability to get under the hood of the car. And it's it's all pre- previously uncertified inventory. This isn't new. And the, the just really quick, the elevator pitch of Carvana, for people who don't know, is you essentially... 
figure out a vehicle you want. They'll bring it to your door. You get it for a period of time to decide and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they'll they deliver also, or you can pick up. They also have the car vending machines. which it's a little gimmicky. When you, it is a little gimmicky, but I think that as you, if you think about physical infrastructure, they're right on heavily trafficked, for the most part, yes. highways yep. with this striking thing that, that says, it, you talk about a brand defining utility. It actually, it makes me think when I see this vending machine of cars, I automatically go, well, that's different than everything else I've seen. Yeah. And I think that reinforces. And for a long time, I thought that was their whole deal. I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's only like 20 cars in that. There's no way they can get this You'll volume. never sell those. Yeah, You're an exactly. idiot. But it's it's more of a billboard yeah. than anything. And I think that, that part's really well done. It's a, it's I, a, I'm only disappointed they don't make you put a giant coin in a slot. Like a car-sized <laughs> quarter. How do you know they don't? I I, I gotta be honest, I, I don't, but I'm assuming that's the case. That's similar to, um, I read a great article about the um, somebody's trying to call bullshit on selling $400 Beats headphones in an airport. And the rebuttal was like, you dummy. Like, this is marketing expense. Yeah. Like, we, we don't actually expect we're gonna sell an iPad. Yeah. Like, our targets just happen to be walking by this thing. That's yeah. all that is. Yep. The same thing with like um, the Prada store in Marfa. Yeah. Right? All the same shit, man. Yep. Um, okay, so Carvana. Those are my two. Cool. Not 23andMe. I think that's got years to come. I don't think people see that. So I don't think 23andMe is is the one. Uh, I guess so. There's there's two that jumped out at me um, immediately. And then an industry that, that I'm even more passionate about. So one is Spotify. I've been big on Spotify for a long time. I never hooked it up to my Facebook. I lived in Europe for a little bit, so I got spoiled and just couldn't wait for it to get to the U.S. used to work in the music industry, and I predicted a few years ago what they're actually doing. It's becoming the MTV of our youth for a different generation. Pumping content, pumping exclusive merch, exclusive videos. Like if they can get their model right, their personalization engine that sits on the bottom of the soundtrack of everybody's life, they're so far ahead and light years away from everybody else out there. There's always like a contrary market and things like that, but they've got to fix their model. They've got to figure out the money and all that stuff. But their experience I think is far and away. Why do you think they break out this year though? Um, I think because because the music industry has changed so much in the past too, right? And you look at what people are doing. Um, I mean, even this morning, I was like, you know, play Drake. And it was a Drake song that I hadn't heard. It was just a single song. So we're actually back to like the singles, but they're doing like these unannounced things, right? And then you go to the discovery and I'm watching content and video coming through and all that's within the last six or seven months. And I think as, as uh, iPads get bigger, phones get more ubiquitous, in, in that generation, it's like, that's the only screen that they own. There's no other place to do this stuff on a personalized level. I mean, if you go to YouTube, you got these ads popping up, you got all this shit, but if you pay seven bucks, the price of a bulletproof coffee, you got all the music content that you could ask for. And, and I've just watched this ramp, and I think within the next 12 to 18 months, man, um, I, I don't know. So I'm what does Breakout mean, though? They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty big already. Like, does it mean that there's going to be, there's going to be a consolidation? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think things like that are going to go away. Like I I actually don't see those in my life. Like Vivo, Pandora, all that stuff. They're going to have, there's just too much. How many users does Pandora have? It has something like 40, 40 million, four, 40 million, four. That would mean I'm 25% of the audience. Uh huh. Yeah. It's everybody over the age of a certain age and doesn't like variety. You know what? I've I've long ago learned to live with these little minor bars. So, uh, and then you touched on one, uh, with the car buying thing. So I didn't use Carvana, but I recently bought a car. My buddy is a car dealer. Uh, he's not the kind you were talking about, but because I knew him, he was was a garage mechanic. He was sending me cars every day for about a week. 
And so I got the Carvana experience without going through Carvana. Super badass. And I think what they did, similar to doctor's office and similar to a company called Lemonade in the insurance fields, they're taking a highly regulated, commoditized industry and wrapping it like a modern, convenient experience around it. And they're going to crush. So Lemonade, absolutely love. Um, I don't know them. I don't, I don't know anything about their backstory. I don't know if they would sell. Um, it seems counterintuitive to people. but They kind of have be- in a way already. Allianz AG, the European multinational insurance company. Yep. Full disclosure, my dad worked for them. Um, was uh, actually a, an undisclosed investor. Yeah. So right now they apparently have 60 million, but I think that's actually a false number because Allianz has taken a stake in them. So that means they kind of have a partial owner already. Good. Well, anytime you can take that experience and make it better, super badass. But the, the industry that I love, that I'm, that I'm actually bigger on, that's the 15 minute mark, is personal fitness. So you talked about DNA, mm-hmm. uh, 23andMe, that's like more like genomics and disease. I think the work that people are doing in fitness and dietary based off of your mm-hmm. DNA, the knowledge that we know that everybody uh, processes fats, sugars, proteins differently, and you can get a customized, tailored plan at scale at an affordable price. It's the next big one. I'll, I think I'll that's actually th- a breakthrough technology. I agree. I think, yeah. I think that's actually Mega. really cool because in reality, I think that's going to reset how people think about fitness. And health. And it, it bleeds into the insurance system. It bleeds into doctor's visits. It bleeds into how you buy food. When you like. It's going to it's going to touch a lot um not within the next year um but I'm pretty big the on personalized medicine has for the longest time been can the doctor remember me right and now it's going to be like actually can he interpret me and I I totally agree I think that's actually a brilliant point um all right that's it man 15 minutes wrap we got 30 minutes total two questions future smart home and companies we love to break out um Ben Gaddis, James Lanyon. This is episode five, Cocktails and Questions. Cannot wait to do episode six. See you next week. All right, you guys be good. Talk to you soon. My goodness, episode six, no, five of Cocktails and Questions. Again on a Thursday afternoon. Again from the Garden Grove of North Lamar in Austin, Texas. That was a fun one, man. Uh, put the time caps on our on our questions because we have a tendency to drink and ramble, but that's all right. Took a look at some smart homes and what it's going to take to get there, and we got an interesting conversation about what does smart actually mean? Does it even mean anything anymore? And then we took a look at some companies uh, that we were big on, right? So Carvana, Everlane, financial companies, some biofitness companies. All around, it's a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. And if you do enjoy it, go ahead and, and rate us and review us. Tell your friends. Do us a favor. All right. Until next time, guys. Have a good one.